from the top. We're buzzing, fresh kills at his studio. <laughs> hey, fresh kills, it's Cindy and Jesse. playing music in an apartment complex. Aww. Hello. Hi. Hey. Thank you. Hi. Good, how are you? Good. Welcome. Nice face. It's a, sure, yeah. Yeah, that's always best. I was just I'm recording on my way in. Is that okay? Yeah. You, you can keep your shoes on. You're good. Really? Yeah. Do you want to lock the door? Anything? No, that's okay. Great space. Come on. Is this the space that's on YouTube in your videos? Wow. It's the same building, yeah. but it's, I was in another apartment down the hall. Ah, so, yeah. Come okay. on in. Get yourselves at home. Ooh. I know you do it. Just JD. Pleasure. Cool. She's JD on the podcast. JD. Do you need another table to eat? Oh, no. I have a stuff. Yeah. It was good, I guess. Huh? It was. It was hungry. I got some bottled water for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if we keep hydrated. Do you okay. mind if I just put this here? Yeah, no. Yeah. Mi casa su casa. Aww. Just make yourself at home. So this is Don't. your living studio? This is it. Um, I like it. Yeah. I've been in this building for a long time, but um, like I said, it was down the hall for a bit. And it was a junior one bedroom. And it was a great setup because I had this walk-in uh, pantry that became the booth, which was Aww. perfect. And at first I was a little worried about moving in here because it was expensive. And I, I moved up with my girlfriend. And so... Yeah. I broke up, so my rent was doubling. You know oh, that. You know, and you break up, the, the thing breaks up, and then you gotta move somewhere, and you're like, yeah. "Oh man, life is more expensive." Sure, yeah. thank you. Welcome. Um, and then this apartment opened up, same floor. Yeah. And uh, it was it's almost twice the size of my old place. It was only mm -hmm. eighty bucks more a month, nice. which is crazy, crazy. crazy. But it didn't have a walk-in pantry, so I was kind of I was boothless. <laughs> which is the main part of my business, so I was a little bit concerned about what I was going to do. And so I built this uh, monstrosity here. I like it. So um, handy as well. Walk through the kitchen. Oh, I'm not, no, no. no. Don't, no. It was my friend, I helped, I assisted a friend doing it. And it was, um, you know, I did something really stupid. Um, I'm moving down the hallway. It's the easiest move in the world. I'm just, I don't even have to pack. I just grab stuff. So, so I'm gonna. It's so easy. So I'm just gonna pile everything in. I'm gonna build a booth and, uh, you know, what else did I do? I, um, I decided I was like the cable guy, the couch. We'll just do it all together because it'll be so easy. And then it turned out to be the hardest day of my whole life, and oh. it was like the hardest day. Like physically or emotionally? Physically, everything was yeah. just, it was just one thing after another. Everyone came at once, like the cable guy had to climb over this couch in the door. There was sawdust everywhere. Oh. It was just, it was totally crazy. I took the easiest move. Life? I took the easiest move in the world, yeah. <laughs> I took the easiest move in the world and I made it the most difficult. 
crate diggers. Crate diggers. Yeah, I'm a crate digger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very crate For digger. Sure. I went out with Hopeless. the crate digger. I his music came before me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know what? That's Everyone the story has a passion. Life. No, Everyone that's the story. Passion. That's the story of my life right there. It has there. to be though. That's right? it. I yeah, I suppose. In a business like this, where there's like it's the wild west every day, yeah. there's no rules. I can't call. Mm. Like if someone screws you over in the music industry, there's no one to call. Aww. You can't call the better. What is it? Be, better business, business bureau. You can't. There's no. No one's gonna pick up the phone for yeah. a musician, right? Aww. So where so. do you get your support from? It's funny about you asking this because somebody got at me recently about getting uh, health insurance. Getting they're trying to get musicians together, enough musicians together to petition for insurance. Yeah. Um, for um, not health insurance, something else. Dental. Sorry, dental. it was dental. dental. Dental will be helpful. Yes. Good it lord. Is so crazy expensive. <gasps> yeah, I got a sweet tooth too. Oh my god, it's me bad. too. Yeah. yeah. I should just pull all my teeth out now. <laughs> <laughs> I already lost one at the far, far back. I lost one too. It's... <laughs> Do you know what's funny about it? You lose a tooth, and it's like. You still look the same. Yeah. But there's a part of you inside that dies a little bit. Like there's a part of your confidence that gets chipped You're away. Right. It's That's true. Again. When you if you analyze, I used to have dreams about my teeth, and I had them analyzed, and that's what it's about. Like dreams about teeth getting smashed or losing them. It's about your your um, not just your outward appearance, but your um, your self confidence. It's like about, very directly related to that. Apparently. That makes sense. I don't dream about my teeth. I don't think I've ever dreamt about my teeth, but I always used to think about my teeth. Just have the fear of, you know, falling down and breaking my front teeth. It's kind of scary. It has like it has a uh, weird oozness to it. It's a place that you yeah. end up having to go to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the process of it too, fixing it is just I kind did. of a nightmare. That happened to me. I these I my broke my two front teeth when I was eighteen, and in front of HM, HMV, and they didn't want me to sue them, so they just paid for it. That's nice. There, yeah. So, but you know, was it ice or something or? Uh, ice. What do you mean the band? Did you slip on ice. Okay. No, no. I. Why would they pay for it? It was in. Was it in the nineties, early two thousands? The band. It was a Canadian band called Head. I don't know if you even do you remember H- them. Head. Yeah. Head. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I went to see them in concert, and I was inside the store, and I was really hot, so I went outside to get air, and I fainted on my face. <laughs> oh, damn. And it looked like right when I got up, someone's like, "Did you?" They thought my teeth were shoved up in my gums, which would have been worse. Oh, they cracked to the gum. Oh, it was dude. yeah. So it's I went, even hearing it. I know it's ugh. disgusting. <laughs> Anyways, know. you don't want that to happen. It's like the ghost pain. Like the guys all have the ghost pain with their crotches. Like if they see someone get kicked in the nuts, there's like it hurts there actually watching it. It totally no, it hurts to watch. It does. It's weird. It, it hurts for us to watch too. Yeah. I no. can't imagine though what the pain is like. It's like an ice cream headache in your crotch. Oh, that's a good way to. So it's like a. Oh, brain I freeze. Brain freeze in the form of In your crotch. And it, yeah, it's really, it's really bad. <laughs> in yeah. the little head. It's that kind of pain. You know the thing about the brain freeze is it's so painful when you can't escape it? It's like, oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, and you just, that's what it's yeah. like. Yeah. It's like an ache. But the, yeah, but downstairs. But downstairs. So I was going to say, we have some old J's if you want to smoke at all. I'm not a smoker. You know? okay. You're not okay. a smoker. I'm not a smoker. I know you're at the source, but yeah. This is... Go for it. No, go you it. go for it. So what brought you to the hot box for 420? Exactly. What the hell am I doing what were you at doing the hot box for 420 if I'm not smoking? Yeah, this is my little uh, take on uh, Change Around Smoky Drummer. Okay, 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 okay,
Thank you, how about you guys having fun? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious, how, how did you get there? Like what? Lance. Lance. I know Lance very well. Who's Lance? Landscape. And he's an incredible producer. Mm. Like, he is unreal. Like, he's one of those guys, he's been around forever. Um, when the Red Bull, when Red Bull started doing beat battles in the States, they would do, they would do the national <laughs> beat battles. They, would, they wouldn't do it in Canada, it was all in the States. And so there was a small crew of Canadian guys that would drive to Detroit and enter. Uh, Frank Dukes was one of those people. Frank Dukes won the Red Bull, national Red Bull beat battle from wow. Toronto, but he had to drive to Detroit to do it. Landscape was one of the first guys to go do that, and he came in, he lost in the semifinals. And Anyway, great producer. I've, I've had to battle him before, mm-hmm. which sucks. It's it sucks a, both because he's great, mm-hmm. and it also sucks because I have to tell the story, and then I won. So it's like, oh, you that won. also sucks because he's my friend. Wow. And you know, that's that's, just pretty, like, that's like, an it's honor. It's an honor, yeah. though. To... I've won a few battles. It's, wow. That's kind of how I started to... This thing really took off when I started battling, because wow. it was kind of... It was the live beat battling. And when did that And start? I was sort of built for it. I won in 2011, so it would have been 2009 or 10 it started. So the Lance was the reason why I did it, but the reason why he thought I would be good, not because I'm a smoker, but because it, it, I'm entertaining, and it's, like, it's different. Like, if you haven't seen it before, yeah. it's interesting, and, it is. and it it's was kind great. of, like, it tickles your brain, and, you know, and kind of in good ways. She I missed hope. it. She missed it, unfortunately. I missed, uh, I caught the tail oh, end, and then I saw you socializing. Yeah, I was very, yeah, yeah. I was okay. blown away. Because I'm like, I... <laughs> she showed me a video today. Well, I, okay. I would. Oh, yeah, 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 on YouTube. Very, very impressive. Really cool. Okay. And it's, yeah. you know what's really amazing, mm. and I love, is that you really honor your gifts. You know, you're you're so aware of your gifts. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty self-deprecating. I, okay. My friends, I just claim everything all the time. I have a compliment, so it's not a... There's that one area, like, there's the one area when I'm on stage when I can be that person, mm-hmm. but I most of the time I'm very, I'm very meek. Ah, uh, interesting. You know? Well, so isn't that kind that of the, the front face of the artist, and then there's the, the other. You all need parts. that. You need a place where you're king. You need like an air. You need you need a place in your life, an area that you're. That's the thing. Because oh. otherwise, if it's if it's all losing battles everywhere, then you're. I said losing battles. It's, it's kind of pointed because I'm a battle changer. But. There was a sound battle royale, which was run by um, a good friend of mine, uh, Tanika Morgan, who you guys might have heard about. She's she's in the news. She um, she crowdfunded her Harvard tuition. I don't know if you. She was in the news. She's really. Um, she basically was living. She went from living in the streets of Toronto to getting her education, like working and financing her own education. Getting accepted to Harvard, but then how the f- hell do you afford it? To crowdfunding her tuition, so she's been on like right. she's been like this. She's this story, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because when I met her, she was organizing. You know, she was a promoter and she put me on some shows and she organizes beat battle. And it was so funny because here's this person who and she has all these horror stories about like as a female working in hip hop, it can be extra hard because. It just the misogyny is just rampant in that particular scene. I think more so than other scenes. I mean, I don't know. There's, those are arguments and discussions to be had. But she, I mean, she used to tell me stories about trying to deal with promoters and other people that just wouldn't take her seriously. And and of course, she's running circles around everyone. And she's done incredible things. Like she was running the Beat Academy, which was um, doing. Um, 
production workshops for kids, and wow. so she was, you know, doing education. She was running a, um, a vintage clothing um, business for a while. Um, she and she did two years of the Sound Battle Royale, which completely championed me. Like I became the poster boy, and that event did so much for me. And then to finally see her like kicking so much ass. Mm-hmm was just the best, you know, because he, she's been so, she's been working so hard behind the scenes and no one knows. And I'm the one, I'm the one benefiting from all of her hard work over those years, you know, um, being, I'm the poster boy for this, this, these pad things. Ah, so, so tell, tell me about this pad, is this what you're talking about, the equipment? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what is this? Uh, it's an NPC. Nice. It might make noise if I bang, bang on it. Um, Should I move the mic up a little, maybe? Well, I'll no, I'm just going to, Oh, that's okay. Out, um, yeah, it's an MPC. This is a hardware unit. Look? Yeah, it touch it. Go. Oh, awesome. Jesse. Or JD. Really, this is D'Angelo <laughs> record I'm chopping out. D'Angelo? D'Angelo. Oh my you know God. that D'Angelo song? Yeah. I know D'Angelo. Like, I remember that video where he's like kind of naked and it's just his face. You, you, I think you know it too. Is this the video? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's like, hi. Yeah. He's so sexy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all sexy. Wow. Oh my god. So is this a new invention, this thing? Like what is no, this? Has this no, been around for a it's while? It's been around. This is actually really old. They, I got I have the new one. This is the newest mm-hmm. in, incarnation. But I'm kinda straddling right now because I spent so much time. Like I have two, you know, a decade of work on this machine. And what so. is this called? It's an MPC. An Akai MPC. Um mm-hmm. there but this whole pad layout, I mean there's a lot of different types of controllers now. It's just it's it's one of an army of options that mm. producers have these days, and um, it, I don't know whether you would call it the original. I guess the MPC is sort of the original 16-pad layout, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's created by Roger Lynn, and he, he basically sort of revolutionized. He took he took like it, it, there were all these synths that were in samplers that were rack mounts mm-hmm. units that you had to like attach other controllers to, and he made he was the first guy to create it as a more interactive piece to play with with the pads. Um, and then it kind of took off, and it's really become a staple of hip hop production. I mean, I actually live for this moment where I, because I, I'll go to a show, and especially hip hop shows, I'll get looked over. You know, people, really? someone will look okay. at me, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, okay, he's some skinny hipster white guy at the show, whatever." Okay. Cool. And then you're like, "Let me show you something." <laughs> yeah, or they're wor- you know, this happens a lot where they're worried I'm going to grab a microphone. They're worried I'm going to rap. Because Worried. I don't look like a rapper okay. or someone that they'd be interested in listening to. Does that make you want to rap? Good Lord, no. <laughs> no, I don't want to rap at all. Show them. I have no... You know what's funny? I, don't, I never wanted to rap. I never wanted to DJ because I had, I had friends... I had opposite role models. There were people that I knew and I met that were rapping that should not have been rapping. Yeah, that yeah. were terrible. Yeah. And I didn't like it and I didn't want to be them. And I had friends that were DJs. Like, everyone was a DJ at one point. And I'm like, well... I don't want to do that either. Everyone's going to do it. It's not interesting to me. It's like, I didn't love it enough to do it for myself. Um, so I just kind of stuck with the production engineering. And then when this, when I started doing this stuff, no one was doing it. So it was like, once I started doing it, it was like a, it was like a hot knife through butter at a certain point. It really clicked because, mm-hmm. and it clicked in really funny ways. Like, there was a rash of bookings that I got uh, one year where... I would get booked to play right before the big headliner. So there'd be all these other hip-hop acts, and then they put me on before, like, Ice Cube or something. Yeah. And I was always like, that's crazy. Like, why am I getting this gig? And part of the reason, and I didn't realize it took me a while to figure it out, was that if you go to a show 
and you listen to two hours of rap, if you get rapped at for two hours, oh, yeah. by the time the headliner's <clears throat> on, you're you're just getting browbeat, being yelled at for two hours. So I become this nice sort of palate cleanser mm. before the headliner, right? Because it's still hip hop, but it's not yeah. rapping. It's yeah. still entertaining. It's still fun. Yes. It's fun to watch, and it's but it's diversionary from what you've been getting beat down with all night. You know, yeah. I'm on autopilot now. I don't. I practice like I'm like that was the thing. The process of the battle, I wouldn't sleep. I would practice so hard, like just. Because I was so scared, I was so nervous, and and I'm a prof- I'm a Virgo, I'm the classic Virgo, so I'm like self analytical, you know, uh, hard on myself, pessimistic, you know, that that whole thing. So um, I practiced my my face off, and it was so funny too because I would always go in. I remember the, the battle that I won. We got the Prices Right um, theme song. Did you watch the Prices Right at all? I did. I, I did love it as a kid, for sure. How old are you, may I ask? I'm old. I'm 36. Oh, you're not old. Wow, you are so old. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the problem with that sample is that I, when I started going, chopping it up, I was like, in my mind, again, in my self-deprecating mind, I was like, well, no, I can't do anything else with this sample. Like, everyone's going to do what I'm going to do because this sample's really hard to work with. Like, unless I just loop it and put drums under it, it's going to be boring. So I really tried to screw with it, but I still didn't think that I had done a very good job. Did you even, you said you slowed it down and looped it? Yeah, heavily slowed down. Um, well, yeah, the... That's the price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> right, like, that's, I do the whole thing. The price is wrong. Who the, who, who the fuck are y'all? I really thought that no one, I didn't think that anyone was going to, you know, I, and I over-prepared, and then I went in there, and, and I, 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 I did well. Yeah. <laughs> I won the battle, but, um, I also won the battle because I was battling. Producers don't battle each other in that same way. Like, if you're watching a DJ battle, the DJs are going to call each other out. They're, they're actually going to make, they're going to find sounds that are the other people's names. You're going to put other people's names in to into the thing you're gonna you're gonna point people out you're, you're actually going at each other and a lot of the producers and I come from that I love turntablism I I loved the DMCs I'm I, good friends with I came you know I came up in Halifax with Scratch Bastard and Ooh. I know Tilo and I know I know I those are all my guys and I love what they do so much so I came very much from that world and actually a lot of my battle routines are they're essentially turntablist routines in terms of their structure. There's so much good television, like, sounds, I bet, from, like, the 80s. It's funny you mention that, because people keep telling me, they're like, oh, man, you should do the G.I. Joe one, you should do this one. The reason why the Transformers work so well... (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) The reason why the Transformers thing works so well is because you're absolutely right. There are so many sounds that are identifiable, right? The same thing with Star Wars. There are so many sounds that you know exactly what it is. 
But if I were going to do G.I. Joe, like, how many sounds from G.I. Joe would you recognize? Like, the laser shooting, okay? It's like, one of the e- the villain's voices. You'd maybe know Destro in the... In the... Yeah, you're not supposed to do it. Okay. Right. But, um... But you're changing it. You're changing its form. I don't know. I I am a firm believer that sampling is an art form. Like I, it's just that's what it is. I don't I don't care what anybody says. There's there may be laws about it, but um, it's definitely an art form. And um, um, I found that the medium tends to be the message when it comes to that stuff. So for example, if you're gonna do a, if you're gonna send it to television for licensing. Right. Don't so sample. Right, right. Just yeah. You know that's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're putting on a record, you know, I mean, if you're gonna sell a million copies and you get busted for sampling, we're gonna have champagne because you sold a million records. We're not gonna be like, right. fuck. The lawyer came and took all my money. It's like whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, your only responsibility as a musician is to make the hottest shit you can make. So if you want to cut off your index finger when you're starting, fine, I don't care. But I've been in so many situations where, um, like when I first moved back to Toronto, I went to school and I, I was working for K-Cut, who's a famous, uh, he's, a, he's in a famous group called The Main Source. And uh, I was his engineer for a few years. And he was working with this young guy named Watts. When I met Watts, he was 17, 18 years old. And he'd already had placements with... He'd already done songs with uh, Redman, uh, Jaheem, Foxy Brown, uh, Young Guns. Uh, and this kid, he didn't care about a bloody thing. Like, it was sample this, sample that, but, but like, he just, he just went. He was just creating. And, and he was young, and this is, this is the other thing, the gift of youth, right? He, he, he didn't have a job. He didn't have to worry. He lived at home with his folks. Knocking out beats 24-7, just working on his craft. And he was free, and he was so incredibly good. And there were none of these confines about, there were none of these rules about, you know, don't sample or, you know. All this kid had was like a little computer and two little speakers, and he came to the studio with beats that were ready to go. Like, ready to go. How old was he? He was 18 at the time. And he ended up going on to, like, produce for Kid Cudi and, like, all these other, he's, he's, he's doing, I think he's on a French label right now doing big house, like, stuff. But... You know, I remember being in Halifax and guys not letting me look at their records, hoarding their records, and everybody was like, "You got to sample. You can't buy reissues. You can't sample reissues. You can't sample sampling MP3s was just like the worst thing you could do." And and then I come to Toronto, and these kids like they don't. No one cares about anything. It's like it's like you're gonna get. They're gonna get the placement, or you're gonna get the placement. There were all these rules holding everybody mm-hmm. back on the one side, and then here I am, and, and there's this kid just running wild, kicking all his ass. And it was really inspiring. So, um, I think the other thing with the sampling is uh, I was part of a record uh, that was Juno nominated called, uh, called Vaudeville by Decisive. Um, and uh, he had been busted for sampling a record um, for his song Nobody with a Notepad. And he didn't get busted for doing the song, putting it on his record. He didn't get busted for doing the video. He didn't get busted for pushing it as a single. He didn't get busted for selling it. He didn't get busted for touring it. And he was like one of the more well-known artists in Canada, like hip-hop artists in Canada. He got busted because... <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, how did he get busted? He got busted because he entered a SoCan songwriting award contest. 
right, for a song that technically he don't he didn't write, right? And they won. He won five thousand dollars because it was an online battle. And who was he battling? Who are the other songwriters in the bat in the contest? Chantal Kravietzik. Well, her fans don't live online, right? Hip hop fans live online, so he won that by a landslide. And he gets a check from SoCan. That's what SoCan does. They collect royalties for artists. So you're winning $5,000 from a copyright, you know, from a from this company. That's what they do. Uh, and you don't own the rights to the sample on the song. So medium's a message, right? Like, put the record out. Do a video. Sell your record. You know, tour it. Do all your things. But don't enter a SoCan songwriting award contest <laughs> where you jacked eight bars of someone else's song. It gets ugly because um, once that you've been busted, it's kind of crazy. Because what happens is they immediately go, "Well, we we need we take all the money from the song right away. So any money that the song generated, we get. That makes sense. If it's a single, what's a single? A single is a commercial for the record. So you use this song to sell the entire record. Mm -hmm. So then they get money from the entire record too. And then they go." They do that. Then they say, and this is where it starts to get crazy. They say, um, well, the lawyer says, my client, who in this case was Lamont Dozier, who's a famous Motown producer and writer, my client, you know, I represent, uh, you know, uh, royalties and publishing in the, you know, his library of music, his publishing is worth tens of millions of dollars in his case, right? We're talking Motown hit records, you know. So tens, twenty million, who knows? Maybe a hundred million dollars. Th that publishing, and your association with with Lamont's work has hurt our brand. Has hurt the has affected the worth of that to the tune of just add zeros. Like it's like emotional damage, right? It's like I'm in a car accident. I didn't get to see my kids for two weeks. So you owe me like whatever the hell I can dream up a number, you know. Um, so it starts to get crazy, and they, I, they settled out of, they they settled. I don't know what the amount was for. I don't know how it worked. Um, the other crazy thing they, they ask you, you have to cease and desist. You have to destroy all the hard copies. You have oh, to send them proof that you've destroyed hard copies. Like pictures of you burning things. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? <laughs> That's crazy. That's, they want that. They want yeah. that. They want yeah, you to yeah, picture of sure. you burning CDs. Seriously. Yeah. Oh my god. That's crazy, right? Yeah. This is gonna be really loud. Many millions of years ago, on the planet Cybertron, life existed, but not life as we know today. So I'm, I'm on stage, I'm talking, I'm you mouthing talk the words. No, it just feels silly. Where are you? But the brutal Decepticons were driven by a single goal, total domination. They set out to destroy the peace-loving Autobots. And the war between the forces of good and evil raged across Cybertron, de 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 devastating all in its path. Prime told me there'd be days like this. Prime told me there'd be days like this. Prime told me there'd be days like this. And you didn't believe it.
is the spot mm. definitely yeah it became addicting too I would imagine I, I really uh, I've been doing uh, last four years 150 shows a year 150 wow. shows and you're traveling around all over Canada oh. and the states and Europe so and it really got it got out of control like one year I did 187 which is like just that's just that's like every other day any interest to travel to South America I'd love to go. I've always wanted to go. That would be actually a great idea. That would be amazing. Amazing, amazing. I think they would appreciate it. They there. would. I think so too. The beats, yeah. like beats. And yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Huh. The universal language of music. I was going to say, would you still be able to play the Eight is Enough? Do something What's with it? What's Eight is Enough? It was, a the- it was a song or a show from it the show, 70s, yeah. early 80s. Yeah. If you look up Eight is Enough theme song, uh-huh. <laughs> I know which copy is a good one. Is this number one of our list? One of my favorite. <laughs> yes. It's one of my favorite. Um, can I plug my phone in? Yeah, please. Okay. It's one of my favorite theme songs. I mean, I, I watched so much TV growing up. So the best one is the one with the picture of the family because one of them. That one's not the good one. Um, this yeah. one. Uh, yeah. No. Wait. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, oh, yeah. Not Where Are They Now? Actually, I don't know. They had like a pre. Scroll down a little. It's not Susan Isham. Um, that one with the family. That is it.
can mess with it. I know, right? I really isn't love it, the drums. Isn't it so up? It's, it makes me feel so happy. And if you ever feel like watching the backstory of all the family members, it's, they, I think most of them got into drugs. Anyways. I'm down. I'm about it. I'm very much into nostalgia, so this right? stuff definitely speaks to yeah, me. Yeah, like, I collect records. Yeah. My VHS collection is taking over my bedroom. Do you still play VHS? Do you know Beretta? Oh, Beretta, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. Check it don't Red you love awesome. that? Isn't that it's an amazing theme song? song? Have you ever Has done it been used? It? I haven't done it. I haven't done anything with it, but I have it in a collection of, of theme songs. Um, oh, yeah, I haven't oh, done anything with it. Cool. I should check yeah. it out. The thing is, too, that's funny, is um, whenever somebody offers, like, whenever <laughs> somebody suggests I, that I do something, it always makes me want to, like, fuck with it way more. <laughs> nice. You know, because, like, Beretta, the thing about Beretta is, like, you can loop Beretta and put drums on her and be awesome. But like when someone says, "Hey, you should," that's the thing about it, in, in the battles too. When they were like, "Use prices right," I was like, "Well, I'm gonna go. I gotta go in on this thing. Like, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get crazy. I gotta pull this thing apart because you're asking me to do it." So, is this your livelihood? I mean, I'm an engineer mm-hmm. and producer first. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I run sessions for artists. I record okay. and mix. And do you and ever I teach do. people how to use these things? I do. I've been doing. Um, I used to work at the uh, St. Albans um, Boys yeah. and Girls Club. Cool, cool. I used to run their studio so here, and, yeah. and, you know. Yeah, and I did uh, I did a lot of workshops there. Um, and they, I did a workshop there and I, and it did really, really well. It did so well that they, they sent me to Jane and Finch, they sent me to Jane, or West Mount Dennis. I did, so I did, I was doing stuff all over the city and then I would start a touring and I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Mm. Um, but I do a lot of like, I've done a lot of Long and McQuaid workshops across the country. I've done them all across the country. Um, and I was involved in the Stemposium two weeks ago, week and a half ago, um, at, uh, what's that school at Bathurst and Harbor there? Um, Central Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a huge, it was like a workshop symposium and uh, I did four of them and I was really scared because they I normally do my production workshops for people for producers like if I'm going to Lyle McQuaid people are musicians that want to learn how to but they're already they have a knowledge base you know so I'm it's more advanced and they gave me 25 kids 11 like ages 11 to 13 with no production experience holy shit and I'm one guy and they're they're like well and we, we're stressing that you engage them that they're doing as much as they're listening and I, and I I pitched what I do and they were they were like well, we want you to do it. great we're, we want you to do it but you gotta do this and I was like oh my god what am I gonna do with 11 year olds so I was freaking out I was so scared I was so nervous um, and of course it, it was awesome I, I kind of I simplified everything and we had a blast, and I flailed around, and I made jokes, and we had kids come up, and it was great. And they were playing with the equipment? Yeah, I had, I couldn't get everybody, it's 25 yeah, kids, yeah. I can't sure, engage yeah. everyone with one guy, you know, so um, I would just bring them up one at a time to kind of do a little element, and then sit back down, and and it was great, and I do love doing it. Um, when I came out of school, my first gig, I got asked to intern for K-Cut, who I was telling you guys about, who's a big deal, like, especially for a hip-hop guy like me, and the first question they asked me, they were like, do you know how to use an NPC? Can you dump beats? Can you sync an NPC with Pro Tools and dump beats into it? Can you do that? And I had no idea. But I said, yeah, of course. No, of course. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no big deal. And uh, immediately went online and started reading FAQs and tried to get my hands on one and I couldn't. And I mean, I, and that was one of the scariest days of my life too because I get picked up by him, go to his house. He's, they've been waiting for two weeks for an engineer that knows how to run... 
the studio that they built in his house. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so there's the guitar, or the, sorry, the keyboard player, the artist, and one other producer, and me. And they've all been waiting. And we get there, and I don't, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it uh, Here. on paper. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got there, and I was like, all right, guys, everybody take 15. Give me a second. I'll get myself sort of figured out. And that was, and I, and then we started, and I never looked back, and it was it. I really like DJ Premier. So one of the things about DJ Premier is his use of space, and also nonsensical chops, like non-linear, like weird-sounding stuff. So I'm just gonna have to play this because I gotta have more folks. So as an example, like I made this beat, and it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It is the hour when dogs howl. It's not really musical in a certain way. It's like slap too, but it works. Yeah, it's like it's just really funky and weird, and and there's that space in it, like. There's that space in the room. Where's that from? You know, like that stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a radio show from the '40s. Ooh, nice. Right? nice. Like the wind is brilliant. blowing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah. the thing. Hello. Oh, hey. Nice. With the four by four of the pads. Cool. Right. Yes. That's just the prototype. I'm trying to. I love this. I love the Rubik's cube. Yeah, we're, it's cool when you get with the four by four because it's Very all. Cool. Is that your friend? Is she here? Yeah, she's here. Okay. She's cool. She's, okay. she's gonna chill. Uh, any risque questions that you want to? Any risque questions that you want? To ask? <laughs> do you have any risque questions for us? I'm just joking. <laughs> what do you want to know? So, so do you have like groupies? <laughs> do they call them groupies still <laughs> these days? That's a good question. Is that that's okay? Yes. Yeah. Do I have groupies? Um, Yeah. You must have girls throwing themselves at you. No, and you know it's uh, it's it's kind of silly because I always laugh at those things because first of all, I play hip hop shows. All right. right? So what's the ratio of guys to girls in a hip hop show? Let's just say. Let's start. Let's just start. Let's let's run. Let's run it. Let's just run the play. So okay. So at a hip hop show, the ratio is really bad, right? If I show up at seven o'clock, right, for sound check, I get some food. I'm there from I'm there from seven until two or three in the morning, right? So when I go, how many however many people show up, I only have what maybe like a couple hours when I'm around somebody, like if I'm around women, right? And my chances of actually attracting a woman are greatly increased after I get off stage. <laughs> right. right? Than before. That makes sense. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's seen this. Yeah, she you, knows. Are she's you seen Do you get off the stage and like you're approached by swarmed by ladies? No, okay. no. Well you know you're not swarmed by ladies when there's okay. there are already swarms of women in these hip hop shows. <laughs> so I literally when when do I get off stage? Well depending yeah. on the night, maybe I get off stage and it's twelve thirty one o'clock. So I have one hour yeah. to 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 slip to bed a woman. <laughs> to bed a woman. Did you say bed a woman? I said bed yeah. a woman. I love that. To bed a woman. That's really not a good thing to say. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I like that. I like that. I like but it too. Like, it's I honest. have one hour, and <laughs> I'm like selling good. merch. I, you know, I've got to sell merch. I've got to get paid. I've got to yeah. run around. Like, and there's how many girls are at, at these shows? There's not very many girls, and most of people are people's girlfriends. It's, there's no, you know, it's not a thing. So, my chances are really low. So when you talk about, you know, do I have groupies throwing themselves at me? Like, a no. I wish it were the case. Now, here's what I will say is. Let's say on a bad year. I do 150 shows a year. So <laughs> So if the chances are bad and they are bad, it's like is it 1 in 20? Maybe not even 1 in 20. Let's say it is what's one say it's 1 in 25 shows. Right. Okay. That's not good. It's probably less than that. But let's just say it's 1 in 25 shows. That means that's 6 in a year if I do 150 shows. That means I have six women that I met and I slept with based on the fact that I was doing the show mm. in a year. Mm. So I don't know. Is that <laughs> is that swarms of women? That I don't like a small swarm. <laughs> <laughs>